Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Adam Mattis. Adam, we have reached that point of the second round where we start seeing teams go one, two, three, Cancun. And we thought we were going to see that, except the Lakers decided <laughs> mid-fourth quarter to, to join the Rockets in Cancun. This was – it's funny because I, we're going to talk about this game. I hope it doesn't change the way we talk about it because that was, to me, a complete and total fluke. Like, this was, yeah. this was a pounding that yeah. maybe doesn't feel quite like it because of the, that goofy the last couple minutes. Lakers still covered. Uh, we did will they really? Like, nice. <laughs> they did. <laughs> we, will, uh, we will talk about, like, the only game of the night, the Lakers beating the Houston Rockets 110 to 100 to take a 3-1 series lead in that one. Uh, we are going to, in an interesting, in, in, a, in a different way, preview this weekend's games and the games to follow by a power ranking. We're going to have two editions of power rankings in this Double in this power show. rankings. Double power rankings. One of them is going to be your traditional power rankings where we rank uh, the remaining teams and, and, and we aren't counting the Rockets and Nuggets as yeah, we are. I have, them ranked. <laughs> I have okay. them ranked in there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's your list. <laughs> Nuggets are right above the Lakers. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, to round out the show, Adam came up with a really good idea here. We're looking at the playoff teams that were in there this year. What are the teams most likely to not make the playoffs next year? It's a hard um, list, man. That was a it really is, it is. And make. right off the bat in the West, you have to knock off one team because you know the Warriors are going to be there. Probably. So there is <laughs> that's at least one change that is going to be made there. Uh, so so we're going to see how that goes. Let's start, like I said, though, with the Lakers being the Houston Rockets. Like you said, this was an out and out butt kicking from start to finish. Yeah. And you know, if if you want to look at it. If you want to find one stat that would tell you it was a it was a bit of a fluke, you look at PJ Tucker being a minus sixteen. <laughs> like that just doesn't really happen for the Rockets in games that you can seriously analyze. Uh, and and uh, and and you know the Lakers started the game by going small or their version of small. I, I, I liked uh, the Kamenetsky brothers saying that this is the Lakers going medium. Yeah, it's and, not even medium. They're still enormous. That's what's so funny about it. It's just like it's small yeah. in terms of skill set, right? Anthony Davis is kind right. of a traditional power forward, but he's still mm-hmm. seven feet, right? Like six eleven and a big so seven like, feet. So super long seven. Yeah, feet. exactly. So. Yeah, they moved they move Markeith Morris into the starting lineup. And I, I thought early on, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this one, but it felt really early on like the Nuggets or the, the <laughs> Freudians, the, the Rockets were looking for any reason whatsoever to kind of fold up shop. And they kind of sort of did. And then they didn't, but they basically did. I don't, I don't know about that. Like, I mean, look, it certainly looks like that, but I think it always looks like that when a team is just has no answers. And to me, that's really more of the story is that the Rockets had no answers and more to the point. This feels a little bit like a watershed moment in the James Harden career, much like it was a little bit with, with, with Giannis. I mean, Giannis a little bit younger, has a lot more years ahead of him, but Anthony, two of 11 tonight from the floor. First of all, only 11 shots off, one of six from the three-point line, but only two makes. He gets 21 points thanks to 20 free throw attempts. But um, this, I, I don't know. There, there's sort of, there, there's been this story around James Harden and can, is there a counter once teams are able to shut him down? Is there some, does he have the tools to kind of overcome it? To me, this feels a little bit like, I, I hate when, 
I hate when narratives are so black and white on a player, but this is an instance where it's the onus is fully on him now to not have these moments. It just feels like he's a player that can run into somebody that can scheme him out of what he does. So heading into tonight and the night, the numbers tonight are a little skewed because of the uh, free throw numbers. Uh, But heading into tonight, you had in fourth quarters, James Harden was averaging four and a half points in those fourth quarters on 38% free throw or field goal percentage, five of 16 from three point range. And, you know, it's just the Lakers now granted they're doing some different things in the second half. They're trapping him later in the shot clock. And, but the, the thing that I've really noticed over the course of the series, because this is the first time, obviously he's played the Lakers in the playoffs uh, and he gives up the ball and he stands at half court and it would drive me bonkers if I was a Rockets fan. It just it, he's so willing to just get schemed out of the play once he gives up the ball, and and I just I don't know if I've ever seen a superstar do that before. Well, we talked a little bit about earlier this year. I mean, literally earlier this year, as in like January, when Westbrook was on the team, and we talked about okay, this almost feels like Westbrook's team because teams will sag off of Westbrook, so James Harden doesn't always have the same lanes. But when Westbrook has the ball they have to guard James Harden. So now Westbrook can kind of attack and it kind of made mm-hmm. that shift. And I think what we're seeing in this playoffs is a couple different, you know, a couple different things happening. One, this Rockets math ball that they have developed now, they could have beaten the Warriors. They could have won. They were very close to doing that a couple years back. It didn't happen. Now that we're in this point, it just feels like the league has moved beyond it and you can take away this sort of they've, – they've almost become predictable in a way that teams mm-hmm. are just more prepared for. But the other part of that is you have this player in Russell Westbrook that is just such an enormous minus, a, a guy that yeah. you can really gamble off of and say, okay, well, we'll just make him beat us, and he's not capable. And he had a nice – I mean, 25 points tonight on 8 of 16 shooting. I think if you just looked at the box score, you would say, oh, you know, he wasn't – he wasn't that bad, but he was like, he was, he yeah. was the reason that they can't get anything going in the half court. And um, I don't know this Rockets team. It doesn't look like a bad matchup. It doesn't look like a bad series. They look like a fatally flawed team that can't overcome their flaws. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of the things that we've talked to quite a bit about with, uh, with Milwaukee has been this idea that you need to, at some point develop a secondary pitch, right? You need to, yeah. you need to figure out, a counter move when, when your, your, your top option is taken away. And Houston is just, is the exact same story. You got to find something else to be able to go to. And they never did. There was the, you know, Pete and I were waiting all series. Hey, what, what, what is it that they're going to, you know, adjust? What is it that they're going to eventually do? And the, the answer that Pete and I came to after uh, two or three games of this was what exactly can they do? Right. Yeah. What, 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 what options are there? On the flip side, you know, the Lakers have really kind of settled into being good at what they're good at, namely just being enormous and grabbing rebounds. I mean, they dominated the glass in this game for most of it until mm-hmm. the very end when they gave up some that I think makes it look a little bit more even than what it actually was, although the final number is 40 rebounds for the Lakers, 25 uh, for the Rockets. So that's a pretty massive edge. Twelve off, and that includes twelve offensive rebounds for the Lakers to just one for Houston. So this was the Lakers have kind of settled into that. The question I have for them, I mean, the Lakers are a great defensive team and can really put defense all around. They don't shoot the ball well. They didn't even shoot the mm-hmm. ball well tonight, and it didn't. It didn't really matter against Portland. It didn't really matter against Houston. 
I do wonder if going forward it's going to start to matter more. I feel like the Lakers, if you just look at the teams that are left, and I'm counting the Clippers as sort of advancing the next round, it looks like we're going to talk about them later, but it looks like they're ready to advance. You look at all those teams, they've all been battle-tested by at least one good team. The Lakers I don't think have yet. This Rockets team Mm. I think is not very good. And so I'm curious kind of to see, because as impressive as they have been, I just feel like the teams they've gone against have been equally as unimpressive. I think that's somewhat fair. I, I, you know, heading into the postseason, we were told that the 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 Trailblazers were like the greatest. Yeah, we <laughs> thought so. Yeah, we thought so. So, so I, I don't, I don't really so. know what we're doing there, but, but I, I, I will say. But you that, can agree that Milwaukee is a very good team. You know, whoever comes out yeah. of the Boston Toronto series, very good team. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, no, they, I'm not disagreeing. I, I don't. I just, you know, I don't. I don't know how much it. How much of that is that? Because I Houston was a good team all year. Like they've been yeah, a good team. Yeah. It's just I I I really think what it comes down to is it's a terrible matchup for Houston because once the Lakers figured them out, there was nothing else that Houston could do. But the fact that the Lakers were able to figure them out in the first place, I thought speaks well to what they're capable of doing. Yeah, and I think another storyline here for the NBA is just te- the good teams that are left seem to have multiple ways to win. And that's yeah. the thing about the Lakers is I'm that's curious. If they, I'm curious if they, I think they do, but I just don't know if they've had to yet necessarily kind of go to their second, third and fourth style of play. And this is the thing with the Rockets. They only have one style of play. Yeah. So it's, you take that away. They don't have a counter to that. Um, and, and that's just the thing that I think sets the stage for what appears to be the bat, the matchup everybody wanted in Clippers and Lakers coming up here pretty soon. It looks like again. it's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> like <it's> Maybe. Just... <laughs> <laughs> that that series is is there's going to be some punches thrown all right let's take a quick second here when we come back we are going to kind of sort of continue this conversation anyway uh spread it out a little bit more and see where the lakers who appear to be moving on and where the clippers who appear to be moving on fit in, in the scheme of things in terms of how all of these teams feel heading into the conference finals today's show is brought to you in part by built bar Head on over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll save $10 off not just your first order, but every subsequent order. Every order that you use the promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to save 10 bucks, and you're going to be saving on a great product. Adam, have you tried these things? They're I incredible. Did. I have. Um, yeah, they're fantastic. The caramel one, that's my, that's my jam. They, they have a caramel brownie one. Do you say mm. caramel or caramel? I say caramel. Yeah, I, 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 I say go it back the right way. <laughs> Either way, no matter how you say it, the caramel bars that Built Bar has are tremendous. And not only are they great tasting, but they are great for you. They're super filling. They give me a little pep in my step after I feel kind of down because I need to eat something. Uh, And and the best way to try out these bars is to, again, head on over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and save $10 off your next next order. Not first, next order. One more time, that is BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON. All right, so set the table here. Are we doing? Are we doing? For some reason, you're including the Rockets and the Nuggets here. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> but, I just want them so, on my list, Anthony. <laughs> Can I just have them on the list just for one last? Talk about my team. Second. Well, no. To be fair, <laughs> there's one thing. Look, I made this mistake with the Nuggets in round one. They're down three-one, and you start saying, "Okay, what happens next with the Jazz and this or that?" And then Denver came back, so I'm going to uh-huh. leave the tiny little door open that Denver okay. can become 
the tw- they've already became the 12th team to come back from 3-1. Maybe they could become the 13th team to come back from 3-1 <laughs> as well. We'll find out. First team ever to do it in the same postseason, maybe. That'd be great, wouldn't it? The, uh, the, the, the Clippers, however, are not the Utah Jazz. I think that's, a, that's, the, <laughs> that's the tough thing to run into. Let's start off your list, though. Who's, what do we have, seven teams right now? So uh, uh, yep, there's seven teams. So, so who's number seven? Number seven's the Houston Rockets, baby. Not the Nuggets. It's the Rockets. <laughs> it's like that that scene from uh, Semi Pro, right? Fourth place. Yeah, Fourth exactly. place. <laughs> uh, I don't. We just talked about them a whole lot. I don't think we need to hang on it. Um, the Denver Nuggets come up next for me, obviously. Um, look, they had a great chance in the series against them. They, I thought they dominated games two and the first three quarters of game three mm-hmm. kind of, I think some strange tactical adjustments, some mistakes, you know, from were made in that fourth quarter that led to this like huge run for the Clippers that erased Denver's entire lead in, in just a few seconds, but they were competitive in the, in that game. You look at the last one, horrible game offensively for Denver. They were still in it to the down, you know, single digits down the last three or four minutes. So they've been at least competitive. Whereas Houston, you know, they made this, I think, run at the end that kind of disguised just how badly they are getting worked in the series by the Lakers. But um, mm-hmm. it's just been less close. So that's why that order. Then wait, you wait, get wait, to, before before we move on, before we move on, what does Denver do with Michael Porter Jr.? Like, how does this, how does this get figured what out? What do you mean? I think what well, happens is he has a very uncomfortable time talking to his teammates and, <laughs> and hopefully he learns from it. But, I mean, I don't think it's such a thing that you have to, like, move on from him or this or that i think it's no no no, not move on from him i'm saying like you know they they have at least one game here left and yeah. then they move off into the off season i would almost rather be able to stick around and and, and hang out a little bit together so that you can move on from this stuff so it, 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 yeah. it's in my opinion it puts even more on this next game you need to be like if, nuggets... you, if you can win a game here you can kind of move on from that entire stupid story yeah you might be you might be right about that i don't think it's coming um i'm worried actually anthony and i've just followed Jokic's entire career i wouldn't be surprised if we get five field goal attempts from Jokic tomorrow i mean we've got <laughs> we've had passive aggressive Jokic in moments like this just before and force feeding mpj and just passing it to him nonstop, <laughs> and it's just like well all right here we go i hope not i hope i hope that doesn't happen but um no you know it's a big deal. I don't want to underplay the comments and sort of, you know, all the different reasons that was a, a terrible thing. Um, but I just, I don't know. I think that this will be more of a thing that you move on from and say, Hey, do you remember that time your, his rookie season, he did this and that. I, I hope that's the case. Um, and the bubble and all of this other pressures and everything coming on it. I, I hope, and I hope and expect that to be sort of how this goes and how we look at it going forward, but let's get on. Cause there's a lot of interesting play- teams mm-hmm. here. So, Celtics Raptors and it's funny because this basically means who am I picking to win tomorrow night right like (laughs) who are you picking Adam I don't think these two teams could be more evenly matched they're They're like clones dude they're Spider-Man memes they They are Spider-Man they're Spider-Man memes (laughs) I think that the Celtics have I don't want to say luck I think that the Celtics have been the better team and the Raptors have made the more impressive key plays if that makes any sense like the Raptors the Celtics have outplayed the Raptors the Raptors have like been tougher and and you know had more results so because of that I know this is semantics but because that I'm putting Celtics just a little bit ahead and I do expect that they pick up the win tomorrow are you very into soccer like do you pay much attention to soccer none 
<laughs> okay. Hockey. Do you pay any attention yeah. to hockey? So, so you know how in hockey, sometimes you'll get a team that just, you know, they're dominating puck possession. They, you know, they, yeah. they, they seem to have all the momentum, yeah. but then you look up and it's like a two, one loss for some I know reason. This because well they know that this is both soccer and hockey. You're right. That this is exactly when I watch soccer, I'm like, man, one team has like 50 shots on goal and they're down. <laughs> What's going on yeah. here? Right. And, but, but I feel like, like if I was a Boston fan, that's exactly how I'd feel about this thing. Like how, what? We have outplayed them for like 85% of the series. And then, and then they just throw these yeah. haymakers at the very end and they go on these runs and they hit. And now look, timely shot making and just like in baseball, timely hitting is huge. But, but yeah, and, and, and in, a set, in a one game setting, in a game seven type setting, being able to do those things is, is monstrous. I don't even know don't who, who ever I underestimate the heart of a champion. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's and I'm, I'm saying this almost sarcastically, but I mean it too. I mean, yeah. The, the Raptors kind of are that team. They've been there. They're battle-tested. They have the belief. They have the faith. And uh, I'm just so impressed with both teams. I think whichever team moves forward deserves it. I think if yeah. I looked at who are the five best teams in this playoffs, it would be the Clippers, Lakers, Heat, and then those two teams. And I, and I know Milwaukee was great all year. This would have been unfathomable a week and a half ago. But I truly believe the teams, those teams are, are the best five teams that are in this playoffs. I would agree. Mm. Um, all right, so now we get up to the number three. I have the Clippers here. Mm. They've been – they're very talented. I don't know that they're a great team. Um, and, and this maybe is not too surprising, but, you know, I haven't been necessarily that impressed with them against the Denver Nuggets even in, in that series. I mean, we talk about yeah. l- last night was one of their big wins. They win by 11 points and only scored 96. They have all that talent. They're going up against a not necessarily great defense in Denver and still struggled to score. To me, they just look like a collection of really impressive individuals. So I, I completely agree. And one thing that we talk about a lot in analyzing just like the team construct is how you kind of start at the top and the best player kind of sets the tone. And it doesn't this feel like the tone of a Kawhi team who's like a super mm. talented player, but he doesn't really lend himself to like, all right, let's go out and watch a movie together squad. You know, like the, it doesn't, he doesn't really lend himself to, to, to building the culture of a team. And, and then you look at, you know, some of the, 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 the way that the team was kind of put together too, that, right. Where they had a really good team last year and, and, and then they added, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and the guys who were really good on the team last year are looking at it like, well, wait, what happened to all the success that we had last year? How do we fit into this? I know we added some great players, but we were really good last year too. So that how seems do we more kind existential of even to me? I think it's almost less that and more just, you know, Patrick Beverly has a role on this team. It's to defend. It's not really to do anything else. It's, you know, Montrez Harold go rebound. It's just, you you have a lot of great isolation players. Marcus Morris has been great as an isolation player. Like Lou Williams obviously can run the pick and roll and score in bunches. And then Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. To me, it's just that they have a bunch of guys that are kind of good. I watch a guy like Reggie Jackson, who's, you know, he's a, has as a useful tool, but I don't think he does on this team because this team doesn't have an identity. It's just, Hey, do we have one-on-one scores? That's our offense. And then let's defend individually. Mm And, um, and look, it, this team, you talk about the Kawhi sort of influence on them. I think it's more just the mercenary influence. This is a team of guys. That, this is a motley crew. They come together, and now it's – isn't this a, a, a motif? Isn't this a thing that happens in movies where it's like the, the hodgepodge group of guys, and now they have to come together to like, you know, yeah. 
You know, that's what it is. It's not, it's like it's not the, a team. Uh, they're it's, not a cohesive oh. group. They're just they're a bunch of one-offs. Yeah, there's there's like a the that like brand new like kind of there there were like three or four movies that were made all in like a three year span, the Dispensables or something like that, where yeah they just keep adding to their just like it's oh like with all Sylvester the old guys Stallone. like yeah yeah Sylvester Stallone yeah Expendables, yeah I think yeah Expendables there you go Dispensables Expendables Tomato Tomato um so next team I have on this list is the Miami Heat. I know you were lobbying for them to be number one because you is really a want giant your Lakers. reverse jinx, and I do not appreciate it. No, no, this it, Adam. is you were trying to reverse jinx. Is what you were trying to do. You <laughs> desperately want your Lakers to be the scrappy underdogs, um, and I'm not going to let you have it. But I know, look, Miami <laughs> Heat have been—they just look incredibly formidable. I mean, they have no weaknesses. They have a center, and I think the center position is the most malleable. They have a center in Bam that can just do everything. I mean, he can be yeah. whatever type version of center you need him to be. Um, and then Jimmy Butler, who's just it a almost is like he Kaiser Soze the regular season. <laughs> it feels that way. <laughs> I I so the reason I was I had Miami as number one on my quote unquote list was because no team has done anything as impressive as knockoff Milwaukee. And according to your own rules, this is all based on what the teams have done recently. You, what you how you do how you this. do power rankings. What you should be hearing from this, though, Anthony, is massive disrespect to Milwaukee because the way I'm looking at it is, oh, they beat Milwaukee? Big whoop. That's, yeah, I guess that's so. Kinda, and part of it is because of the way they did it. I mean, they made it look yeah. easy. That was not a competitive series. Yeah, well, and, and, and like we talked about with the Rockets, right? And, and I used Milwaukee as an example, talking the opposite direction, but you need to have a second pitch. Yeah. Like, you need to be able to do something else. And, and I think that's why it looks so unimpressive when uh you why milwaukee looks so unimpressive was was because miami took away the one thing and milwaukee just said well we don't have another thing what do we do which now? is yeah. which is kind of crazy considering the the makeup of that team like that's a team that should have a secondary pitch but they just don't for some reason. i'm worried anthony about how different the regular season is from the postseason i i mean i know that it's i know it's always been that way to a certain extent but now i the, the regular season really doesn't matter <laughs> at, at all and, well and... i i think it does though i think it really does the smart teams use it as a way to tool up and gear sure, up for the postseason sure, uh, sure uh, of course but that means that the competitiveness of like any given game doesn't matter and that's what i mean you're absolutely right sometimes punting and this to me is the story of denver if i encapsulate it can encapsulate the nugget season it's they did not play michael porter jr all year and yeah. then they got to the playoffs and they're like we can't win unless we play this guy there's no chemistry there's nothing else they wasted their regular season to become the third seed turns out it didn't even matter so um i think you're right about that but doesn't that kind of blow? Doesn't that mean that sometimes your teams are going to rest? Sometimes your teams are going to purposely play lineups that don't give them a chance to lose because it pays off down the road. It's just, again, I understand it conceptually. It's just a little bit of a drag. You want to go into, if you pay a ticket, you pay a hundred dollars to get that ticket and go and watch the game. You want to hope that your team is first foremost trying to win the game. And and it might be true that that's not necessarily what you need to be doing every night. But like if you're if you're if you're buying and there are people who buy tickets just like you know if you're in LA you want to go see a Laker game right if you're in so and so city you want to go check out that if you're in New York you want to go see if you're in so and so city you also want to go see a Laker game yeah exactly <laughs> touche <laughs> but but like I think if you're if you're if you're actually invested in how good your team is going to be. I don't think it does blow. Like, I, I think it's, it actually adds kind of a bit of in, intricacy to the season where you're like, 
All right, yeah. So so we we know we have like the Lakers, for example, they can always go to the LeBron James, Anthony Davis pick and roll and look like world beaters in the half court. But like, you know, that's gonna get taken away in the postseason. It's just right. it is just going to get taken away. The teams are gonna get switched, you're gonna load up, they're gonna send somebody who's guarding Alex Caruso or Kentavious Caldwell Pope. So you have to find another way to win. And over the course of the season, it was kind of interesting to, you know, now looking back, it's been, it was kind of interesting to watch the Lakers invent those other ways to win. I'm going to play this exact moment and ask you how much fun you're having next year when Brooklyn and the Clippers are both 500 at the all-star break. And, uh, <laughs> and, and it's like, well, we're, they're, they're still Vegas still says they're the favorites to win, but you know what? They're, they're 500, but okay. Well, I, I think in, in Brooklyn's case, it would be legitimately interesting because you have a first time head coach there and we don't know, like, we don't know that that's actually why they would be 500. Yeah. We'll find out. Should be <laughs> Brooklyn's going to be interesting. Oh, and then number one, we don't have to say anything. The Lakers number one. <laughs> They have they have two of the most honestly man they their their clutch two man game down the stretch with Rondo and Caruso is just it's too much man teams can't <laughs> I mean yeah it's just it just feels unfair yeah I you know? hey can you can I give you the microphone to apologize for telling me Rajon Rondo was going to weigh this team down and not lift them up <laughs> I, do you want to offer the same opportunity to the droves of people who are saying the same thing? <laughs> yes. Do you, you, do you also? Them. You can do speak you for them. Playoff Rondo, man. Do you again, also again, want to apologize? regular season doesn't matter. Rondo, <laughs> Rondo figured this out 10 years ago. He's just posting <laughs> since. I think he said that. I think he said that recently. He was like, I haven't played defense in like 10 years in the regular season. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> he looks good though man you gotta tip your hat to him he looks great yep all right let's take another quick second here when we come back we're going to do another edition of power rankings this time talking about the teams of the 16 Oof. teams that participated in these bubble playoffs who might not be back next year this is this is gonna be a tough one man i don't envy you putting together this list so let's uh, hang tight come back and talk about that today's show is brought to you also in part by doordash I literally used DoorDash tonight. We got some sushi. They dropped it off right in front of our house. That uh, they, they have that contactless delivery, which makes me feel a hell of a lot safer. Not having to have it. Well, for one thing, the, the, the awkward exchange wasn't great in the first place. But then having them just leave the food there, given everything that's going on, I feel a lot safer. And and to me, the, the number one reason to use DoorDash is the choice that they have 300,000 partners across US, Puerto Rico, Canada, Australia, whether it's chains, uh, mom and pop shops, fast food restaurants. Uh, I, you use DoorDash, right? Do they I have do. that up there in, my, in the boonies where you live? <laughs> we have it, man. We have it. This, that Chipotle, man. Even, that's my DoorDash go-to. Speaks even even more strongly to what DoorDash is capable of doing uh, with, <laughs> with their technology. They can get food up to Adam. So head on over to the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA when you download it. And you get five bucks off your first order, and then you'll pay no delivery fees on that first order. One more time. If you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA, you'll save five bucks off your delivery and then not pay delivery fees, but only if you use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA with DoorDash. I'm looking, Anthony, right now. I see Anthony Davis at the podium wearing a Kobe Bryant goat shirt. Show me the line. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's these these power rankings. 
do you want to start in the West because it's so insane, or do you want to try There's to work no our way up? There's no power ranking East West. This is all together. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. This is all together. Teams most likely to playoff teams this year most likely to miss the playoffs next year. And I have to start with four honorable mentions that I'm very thankful I don't have to put in any order because I don't think any of these teams are missing the playoffs. I think all of them are making it. Okay. Dallas, Denver, Utah, Philly. And again, I think they're all making it. I think there's a great chance they all have home court in the first round next year. They're all very good. But the reason I bring these teams up, Anthony, is because there's a lot of good teams in the Western Conference. A lot of really good teams. And if you look at the teams that did not make the playoffs this year, we got the Memphis Grizzlies. They're on the rise. Phoenix Suns went 8-0 inside the bubble. You know, San Antonio's always around. They're going to be competitive. Sacramento's young. New Orleans, you know, could could really bounce back. Minnesota, I think, you know, they have that pick. Could they move a player, get, you know, move the pick and get a player that makes them more of a win-now team? I think that's very Mm -hmm. possible. And then, of course, the Golden State Warriors, the worst team in the NBA this year only maybe going to be one of the better teams in the NBA next year. Every team that missed the playoffs has an argument that they could make the playoffs next year in the West. Yeah. I mean, Golden State getting Steph and getting Clay and trading for Giannis. It's just going to be fascinating <laughs> to see what, what, they, what they do. All right, let's go ahead with the actual teams that you think are not going to make the postseason. Well, that's again, you phrased this poorly. I did not say I think they are going to not make the playoffs. I said they no, are No, I want you to just go out there, dude. Fire <laughs> off the heat. <laughs> These teams have no shot. <laughs> so the first one I have is the Portland Trailblazers. And again, I think the Portland Trailblazers make the playoffs. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't be wholly surprised. You know, Nurkic being back makes them a completely different team. They still have CJ and Dame, but I, I don't know. That that team to me, and, that, and I like some of the young pieces. Gary Trent Jr., I like a lot of it. Yeah. The front court, they really re- rely on Nurkic. He's missed almost two full seasons now to injury in his short six-year, seven-year career. That it, it really just comes down to that. They, they feel to me like they are one big injury, you know, missed six, seven, eight weeks. They might not – I don't know if they can survive it. It's a margin for error thing is what it yeah. comes down to. Yeah. You know, if they, if they get, you know, a couple breaks going the wrong direction and you know Golden State's going to jump up there, that's, that's going to knock everybody down. Yeah, <laughs> that's just how this has to work mathematically. Yeah. Next one on your list? I have the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, um, wait, wait can, we go, can we go back to Portland? Sorry. Sure. Do you think they actually come back with Dame and CJ and everybody next year? Do I you do. think they run it I all do. back? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I think they probably do. I mean, we'll see. Okay. We've been talking about that tr- tr- moving on from one of the backcourt players. I mean, let's be honest, moving on from CJ McCollum for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just feel like this was a season where they didn't have their guys when they did. They looked pretty good. They looked pretty dangerous when they didn't. They didn't. So I think mm-hmm. they give it one more go. Um, yeah, the Brooklyn Nets, though. So you've got, you've got Kyrie Irving. You've got Kevin Durant. You've got uh-huh. Jared Allen. You've got all these plate play pieces, you know, if should you want to keep all of those Spencer pieces. Spencer Dinwiddie. Move on. Uh, Joe Harris, you know, you got, they've got guys. Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert. The question is, what are they going to do? Are they going to make some major moves? They've got a f- rookie head coach who I think will be good, but I don't know. He's a rookie head coach. There's a lot of things <laughs> he's going to have to learn on the fly, and I don't think he has the easiest team to sort of coach through all this. So, I don't. I think they're going to be fine. I think they might even win a championship next year. I mean, that's their upside. <laughs> but there's at least a little bit of that potential for it to blow up. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it, I just asked you before we went live, is there a chance there the this will be fun Lakers, right? The Dwight Mare Lakers. Yeah, the Dwight Mare. Yeah. <laughs> and and if you actually there's a lot that these teams have in common here. Uh the the, the guys coming off injury. Remember Dwight that season was off coming the, off the injury back injury? part's huge. I mean, yeah, yeah, we're just assuming Kevin Durant's back to being one of the best players, if not the best player in the league. Yeah. Or at least they, top they, ten, right? I mean, as I don't I haven't seen anybody say like what if KD's not a top 10 player next year? I guess it's at least possible. Yeah, you have to think. Coming off a of blown Achilles? Yeah. And then add to that, so, you know, if you want to continue on the comparison, uh, the Lakers that year started the season with Mike Brown as their head coach. I was going to mm-hmm. say Mike Woodson, but it was not Mike Woodson. Uh, they had Mike Brown to start their season for like six games. And I don't think there's any scenario here where Steve Nash gets fired after six games, but – he doesn't even have six games <laughs> under his belt. <laughs> he has zero experience here. And so there's you a add lot that. Of, there's a lot of variables there. I, I Brooklyn could be anything next year. I really don't know. But just given that I had to pick five teams, I mean, they were the, they're the, on my list. The top, the top variable here to me is will Kid be allowed to play Jared Allen, the better player? Like, will he, will he be allowed to go with some of the youth that Kevin Durant and – uh, and Kyrie Irving might not trust. And, you know, we saw it here with the Lakers that Kuz and, and Caruso over the course of the year have earned the trust of LeBron and Anthony Davis. But still, <laughs> Rajon Rondo has been right there all season. And, and you know, if, if, if DeAndre Jordan is like just bad DeAndre Jordan, that has a chance of, of really minimizing what that team is capable of doing. One counterpoint is that it is the Eastern Conference, and I yeah. don't know what teams are waiting in the wings. I think you can look at Washington if they don't don't completely blow it up, you know, maybe. But I mean, Cleveland, Atlanta, Detroit, New York, Chicago, are any of those teams making the leap? Charlotte, I just that's that's the other piece of this is it's not like the West. It's going to be back to your next year, but it seems like it's going to be back to that East-West lopsided. Um, number three team on my list, the Houston Rockets, and this one sounds a little hot, doesn't it? Sounds a little incendiary, but. I don't know. Watching this Rockets team get absolutely demolished, watching James Harden go two for 11, it feels like the end of an era to me. It it feels like this team might need to take one step back before moving forward. If, I mean, if they still James Harden team or whatever, maybe you try to move on and have to sell off some assets and say, Hey, next year we might have to go backwards just to catch our breath and to be able to have a more firm foundation. Who knows? Maybe they move on all across the board and just say, you know, the Mike D'Antoni, Daryl Morey, even James Harden. I mean, you can get a lot of stuff for all of, you know, for James Harden there. So maybe they do that. I don't think so, but I wouldn't be surprised if they, I just feel like it's run its course there in Houston. Yeah, I mean, you have to keep in mind, right? Didn't they give they gave stuff up to get Russell Westbrook, right? Like they gave they they Assets sent picks along. Yeah, they they yeah. sent picks along with Chris Paul to get Russell Westbrook. So, like, there is no quick rebuild here. I'm not I'm not positive they have their pick next year. So, you know, you keep all that in mind. And 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 look, the it's not exactly you don't have to do a ton of digging to to find, you know moments of 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 discomfort between Mike D'Antoni and ownership even Daryl Morey has been asked to do a ton to keep that team afloat while Tim and Fertitta has his sold off pieces so I get it wouldn't shock me if Daryl Morey said you know what I'm done here man like I can I could pick my job anywhere I go I don't want to work for this guy anymore same goes for Mike D'Antoni 
you're right there. I don't know why I forgot this when you meant brought it up, but um, Denver actually has their first round pick this year. So Denver has it. Yeah. They don't have their first round pick. So um, might be a really valuable pick. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm saying this year that the, the, this year's pick the oh. next to anyway, Houston's interesting. Cause I, I, like I said, just feels like the end of the era. The funny thing is the number two team on my list is Oklahoma city. And they're a team to me that I really liked what they did this year. I thought it was, yeah. it was a cool season for them yeah, to be really able to kind of bounce back. I would have been even cooler if they would have made it to the second round, um, you know, and, and been in Houston's place here. I mean, I think that would have been even cooler, but they might've uh, actually tried in tonight's game. They might've, you never know. Um, but I look at them and I think, what's the point of keeping Chris Paul there? I mean, you're not going to win a championship in the next two seasons. He's on that huge deal. You've already got that small market with a not so rich owner relative to most owners might be a chance to move on. And Steven Adams, another piece, is it run its course there? Do you try to build around some of the more younger pieces and get it? You know, they've collected all of these assets. Do they start the rebuild in earnest with all of those young players? I kind of think that they do. And if that's the case, they're an easy pick to fall out. Even if Chris Paul comes back, he played, I believe in every game this season, I don't know if that happens again. Every year yeah. goes by, I just don't know if you're going to continue to count on his health at that level. Well, he's actually – like, remember, there was the report last year where he was put on the market and nobody was interested in trading for him, even if it meant, like, getting something back or not giving something at all to get Chris Paul. And it's just because – He has I, value uh, now, though. Huh? I think he has a lot of value now. I think there's a lot of teams well, that – He does. He does. Like, well, he's, in, he's on an expiring contract next year. So uh, like I he, think he's got two years left. Does he really? Yeah, I think there's two years left on that deal. Ooh, so I don't – I think they, they run into the same problem then. I don't think anybody wants to pay – what would it be, 36-year-old Chris Paul, $36 million? Oklahoma City, by mm-hmm. the way, third highest payroll this season. Oof. Yeah, they're, they're, I, I don't see that continuing. Yeah. Uh, also, Billy Donovan's not even going to be back there. So, like, you know, it just feels like a top-to-bottom kind of rebuild, not including Sam Presti. To, to be fair, Chris Paul does have a player option. So he has one more season, and then after that, a player option. But that player option, $44 million. Oh, my God. I was way under $36 million. $44 million. Yeah, um, number which one I, think he, my, I think he's going to accept. Number one team on my list, the Orlando Magic. And maybe yeah. they shouldn't have been. Oklahoma City has a strong case just because they're in the Western Conference for falling out. But, mm-hmm. you know, the Magic were the, the weakest team, I think, in, in the playoffs this year. And with the, it is the Eastern Conference. I don't know exactly who's going to overtake them there. But Washington. they got in by the skin of their teeth in the playoffs this year. Um, I just – I don't know. They're, they're always – they feel like their role in the NBA is the Eastern Conference's eighth seed. <laughs> Jonathan Isaac, I guess, is not going to play next year. I, mean, I think their their general manager already came out and said he is just we are not going to see him next season. Oof. So, yeah, that sucks. Good list. Uh, I think it's a good one, man. I I the West is going to be so brutal. We saw it. We saw it even just like a in a, in a in a small kind of morsel in, in the bubble this year, where you had all of these teams yeah. vying for position in 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 the postseason, and I think we're just going to get an extended version of that next year where Golden State jumping up is going to add a wrinkle to it. Uh, will San Antonio start a new streak? Minnesota, like, they vastly underperformed this year. So are they going to get their stuff together and, and actually live up to the expectation that you get with, uh, you know, what we Jimmy suppose is right a superstar? Them, they might. They have the talent. But Jimmy Butler, they won 19 games this year. Isn't that crazy? They he, he was right games. twice. He was right about them and Philly. yeah. yeah. I wanted to take Philly on this list, but the East is just too bad for me to say that Charlotte's going to pass them. 
I also don't think Elton Brand is going to tank. He doesn't seem like that kind of. A I don't think it's about tanking, man. You're talking about two players now and Simmons and Embiid that have questionable injury histories now. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, they're, I, I don't know. That, that team also kind of feels like it's running its course. I don't know where they go from here. Yeah, this offseason is going to be interesting, man. Might be a longer one, too. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NBA, NBA podcast and this week's episodes of the Locked On NBA podcast. We have a fascinating weekend ahead of us, and then we are into, I would imagine, the, yeah, we are going to be into the conference finals week and conference finals uh, round. And it, that in between. Whoever comes out of Toronto and Boston against Miami, that's going to be an incredible series. Lakers-Clippers is a coin flip, in my opinion. I have no idea how that's going to go. So NBA season is really rounding into form here as they try to finish strong. And and, and if you're paying attention to these shows, great. Uh, you also have football that kicked off tonight. Baseball is still going. Hockey, I believe soccer is still going. And all of that is covered across the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great weekend. Please stay safe out there. And Adam and I will talk to you next Friday.